This is Dave Burnett, and I want to welcome you to today's God's Family Plan podcast. The title of today's podcast is Feeding the 5,012. Today, as Kathy and I were in a time of Bible reading and prayer, Holy Spirit spoke to me as Kathy was reading the account of the feeding of the 5,000 from chapter 6, verses 30 through 44 of Mark's Gospel. Now, in Matthew chapter 14, verse 13 through 21, and John 6, 1 through 14, you'll also find an account of the feeding of the 5,000. And incidentally, there were likely two to four times that number of people that were fed in these accounts, because in that culture and time, they only counted the men in their head count. Now, I'm not going to read these accounts to you, because you need to do that for your own understanding. But I believe Holy Spirit has something to teach us out of the feeding of the 5,000 today. With that in mind, I want us to look closely at those who participated in this miraculous event as described in the accounts of Matthew, Mark, and John. The cast of characters in the feeding of the 5,000 are obviously Jesus. Then there's the people, the disciples, and then there was a giver. Then I want to think of the cast of characters in relationship to the offering that the giver gave as a catalyst for a miracle. Now first, let's think about the people. From these verses, we can conclude that there were thousands of people, maybe ten to 15,000 people, maybe more. And upon seeing this crowd, Jesus experienced a profound compassion for them. These people were desperate desperate enough to follow Jesus on foot from various cities to an out-of-the-way, isolated place. Mark's account tells us that they ran. We also know that there were sick people among them, because Matthew's account says that Jesus healed them. As the day was growing late, the people were getting hungry. And now, for some reason, when I see this scene, it brings to memory the hungry and thirsty Israelites with Moses in the wilderness back in the book of Exodus. In perspective, the people who came to Jesus were indeed desperate. They were needy. And today, every Sunday morning, there are thousands of sanctuaries filled with millions of needy, desperate people. Some are physically sick and hungry. Millions are spiritually desperate and hungry. They need to see Jesus. Next, let's look at Jesus' disciples. They saw a need, but they saw it in physical terms. They were thinking of a solution within the confines of human reasoning. And in all three accounts, they had a not enough mentality. They did not understand that their not enough and the people's not enough was an opportunity for the God who is more than enough, who was there in their midst, it was an opportunity to see the manifestation of a miracle of provision that would become more than enough to meet the people's needs. In Matthew's gospel, their answer was, let them solve their own problems, send them away to a village and let them buy their own supper. In Mark's gospel, they were asking for authority to buy enough bread to feed the crowd. In John's gospel, their answer was, we can't meet that need. We don't have enough money. But in their time of need, the disciples did the right thing. They brought the need to Jesus. John 6, 6 tells us that this was a test because Jesus knew what he was going to do. 
In John 6, verses 8 through 9, we learn that it's not what we don't have, but what we do have, regardless of how insignificant or small it may seem, it's that that God uses to meet the need to provide more than enough. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Andrew, the rest of the disciples, and the people are about to find out. They're about to find out that small and insignificant in the hands of Jesus is more than enough. A little boy, a child, became a catalyst for a miracle that would be recorded and rehearsed for thousands of years and told to countless generations. Our children are more than enough when we love them, bless them, teach them, and give them to Jesus. Someone cared enough for a child that day to pack a lunch. Someone had given enough into that child's life that he would give his meal to meet the need of others. The mundane things you provide for a child could become the catalyst for a miracle. In Mark's account, we find that Jesus asked the people to get organized, to prepare themselves to receive. Feeding 10,000 or more people requires organization. Mark 6.40 in the Amplified Bible tells us, They sat down in groups of hundreds and of fifties, so that the crowd resembled an orderly arrangement of colorful garden plots. In the hands of Jesus, this boy's offering was miraculously multiplied. All of the people were fed, and the disciples collected twelve baskets full of leftovers. Disciples get hungry too. Mark 6.31 indicates that the disciples accompanying Jesus to this secluded place did so without having time to eat. This story could well be labeled the feeding of the 5,012. Now here are some takeaways from this story that I believe apply to the church today. Number one, there are desperate people in our sanctuary every Sunday. Some are physically hungry, sick, and needy. They're also spiritually hungry and needing to find Jesus. As Jesus' disciples in this day, we need to see needy people with the profound compassion of Jesus. When their needs seem too overwhelming for us, we need to move beyond the confines of our human understanding to see in the Spirit with the eye of faith. Impossibilities are really opportunities for the miraculous. We need to bring the impossibilities that confront us to Jesus. We can't afford to limit Jesus' ability to use seemingly small and insignificant people and things as the catalyst for the miraculous. We need to encourage the rising generations to give. We need to model compassion, generosity, and preparation for our children. We need to pack their lunch, but teach them to know when to give it away as a seed for the miraculous. Miracles come to those who are aligned and prepared to receive. Do whatever it takes to get where Jesus is. The words of Jesus tell us how to get organized, arranged, and prepared to receive miracles. When we give, we need to visualize ourselves placing our gift into the hands of Jesus. We aren't giving to an usher, a preacher, or a not-for-profit tax-exempt organization. We're giving to Jesus. Our decree should be, the God who is more than enough is multiplying my gift to meet the needs of all who are seeking him today with a surplus left over to meet my needs. And finally, 
It's a test. It's an open book test. Jesus already knows what he will do. He told us in Luke 6:38, don't hold back, give freely, and you'll have plenty poured back into your lap. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, brimming over, you'll receive it in the same measure you give. And that's from the voice translation. I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you were blessed by this message, please feel free to share it with your friends and family. You can communicate with us on our God's Family Plan Facebook page. Until next time, I decree the presence of God, His peace, favor, and every earthly blessing upon you and your household. In Jesus' name, amen.